Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 335. And this episode was a last minute one. I've moved my schedule around a bit because I really wanted to get it out there. It's with Jasmine Jobson. A lot of you all know her from Top Boy. She was absolutely amazing. And she's up for the BAFTA for Best Supporting Actress, which is thoroughly deserved. Um, she's up against some amazing people, but her story is fascinating from from getting into acting whilst in f- foster care to kind of all the different hurt. I mean, you'll hear the conversation. This I knew a tiny bit of her story and some of the stories that she tells in this just blew my mind. So I think you're going to love this one. I'm going to keep the intro nice and short. I need to warn you, we had some recording issues, so we had to go with just the Zoom feed from Jasmine's end. But again, thankfully, it recorded really well. And Buddy Peace is the best producer in podcast land. So it sounds great. If it feels a little unusual at first, just within five minutes, you'll be completely used to it. It sounds fantastic. But yeah, um, as I said, this this is an amazing conversation. Jasmine's story is fantastic. There's another great uh, casting story with Des Hamilton. I know a lot of people on the Kano episode... And if you're listening for the first time, go and check out the Kano episode, the Ashley Waters episode. Um, but there was a great, Kano had a great story of his his top boy casting with Des Hamilton. And Jasmine has an equally good one. And as I've said numerous times, Des is, in my opinion, one of the best casting directors in the game. Even though I feel I've never had a good casting with him. In that, you know, arrogantly, I come out of 90% of my castings feeling... I've done what I wanted to do, um, and every one I've done with Des, for some reason, I've just not felt I've delivered on the day. But anyway, it, it, it's another great casting story with Des, and Des just won the first the first time the BAFTAs have done a casting category. Uh, he quite rightfully won for Top Boy, um, and stories like this and the Kano story are reasons why it's completely appropriate that des is the first ever w- winner of the casting category in the um the bafta craft uh awards anyway as i said it's a great episode this is uh is jasmine jobson I'm joined today by a, a Jasmine Jobson. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you finding it's it's now the, the kind of typical start to every conversation, um, interview or otherwise, but, but how are you finding <laughs> lockdown life? Um, do you know what? It has been quite relaxing, but at the same yeah. time, it's been exhausting as well. I'm just excited to get back to work, really. I just want to get back to work. Yeah, completely <laughs> understandable. Um, I mean... The starting point, I'm going to kind of set a starting point and then rewind massively, which is kind of okay. annoying. But obviously, you've been BAFTA nominated um, for for Best Supporting Actress in yes. in Top Boy, which is amazing, alongside Helena Bonham Carter, Naomi Aki and, and, and Helen Bean, all fantastic, um, amazing people, right? But what makes it kind of even more astounding is when I was reading up on on your journey um, mm-hmm. and, and that kind of just 
elevates it all the more. As as an example of comparison, like I'm a huge fan of Helena Bonham Carter, but also I listened to her on Louis Through recently and heard of a very wealthy upbringing, went to a very posh school. You know, you kind of, we will all know as more working class people that a lot of doors are open. It's changing now, but a lot of doors are yeah. open for certain people. And that wasn't the case for you. So can we kind of rewind all the way back to when you kind of first realised acting was your passion and first kind of started acting classes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Are you in, in um, London, right? Yes, yes, yes. I'm London-based. Um, it all kind of started when um, Friends of the Family um, actually introduced me to um, a lovely woman called Maggie Norris, yep. um, who was starting her own charity-based company called the Big House Theatre Company. And um, I literally met her criteria to the T obviously being in a performing arts background since I was little I've been singing since I was two years old my mum and dad always put me into performing arts and I always somehow managed to get lead roles in everything so it was just like yeah just go for it so I went for it did a little production with her um called Wild Diamonds Mm -hmm. um and then from then she was like right well do you want to come and join the big house theatre company and be one of our first members and like join one of our projects and I said yeah that's fine I'll go for it and then within what we did a 12-week course and it's not just all acting that goes within that there's like loads of independent living skills that you get taught you get taught how to cook on a cheap budget but it's healthy food food you get um taught how to budget your money and buy what you need instead of what you want which is ideal because a lot of young people that come from our backgrounds don't really know how to budget their money or even know how to cook because they're just too busy getting takeaways and things like that or they've always relied on their parents um so yeah that was handy um but then we ended up doing this amazing theatre production called Phoenix and I took the lead role for it and within about three weeks of us performing I ended up getting signed by my agency and from then it was just like all right well I guess I've got something here so let me just run with it grab the ball by the horns I love that so so how was that kind of being one of the first people to work with with Big House because again it's it sounds amazing that it's not only it's not only going oh here's a a theatre company or whatever that's open to working class people to people from in 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 foster care in 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 the general support system but it's also going look we're gonna i said i didn't know that part that it's kind of teaching you all sorts of life uh, life lessons and and things like that so did that make it easier to go right this is definitely something i want to do because it's not only for the creative part of me but it's it's for the the real world part of me to develop and learn exactly yeah because it's like you not only do you get to develop your acting skills as well but you get taught a lot of independent living skills and you get taught things that schools don't teach you like in school nobody teaches you about the benefit system or anything like that or when you're 18 you have to go and get a job or you have to sign on or do you know what I mean like they don't it's very very difficult social services don't really teach you them things either so yeah there there was a lot that went on and Big House is a very very big support network for young people that are in the care system through the cracks of the system or coming in and out of prison so yeah very very supportive. That's absolutely amazing so how early because because you were in, in foster care when you joined Big yeah. House, right? How yeah. how early was that? Because, again, as you mentioned sl- slipping through the cracks and there's so mm-hmm. many people in the foster system and in just social care systems that the idea of a career in the arts 
isn't isn't on the table at all. It's it's more, yeah. you know, the basic survival. It's you're going to earn, you're going to pay your rent, and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. How early in in into foster care was it that you got exposed to that? And yeah, how close were you, I guess, to slipping um, th- through the cracks? Well, I started acting when I was about seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. So I was kind of just kind of coming into my adult years. Um, Not that I knew how to balance money or anything, but I was pretty, I've been pretty independent from a young age anyway. So yeah, cooking and things like that have never really been a problem. Standard tidying up and maintenance of a household has never been a problem. Uh, My mum was always very strict on that. She had me doing the skirting boards and the doors every weekend. (laughs) I love that. So, 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 so how was it at school? Because, again, the arts is the first thing that gets cut and ignored in, in school yeah. budgets in, in in working class areas. I know where I went to school, there was no... I don't remember any kind of theatre options or acting options or anything yeah. like that. It was very much maths, English, science, you know, yeah. those basics. So, I mean, when I was in school, um, I did um, take drama in secondary school. I didn't take it for a GCSE because I wasn't taking it very seriously then. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more just for fun. But I don't know. I've always kind of like dabbled in a little bit of performance and playing about that. Like, just walk around the house and sing and things like that. But yeah, no, performance has always kind of been a thing. But I think you just didn't, I didn't really think that I would have a career in it. And then suddenly the dream comes true. And it's just like, wow. And, and, and it's kind of a case in this industry of the dream kind of continuing to come true as such because you'd exactly. been acting a minute and and you'd got ahead of top boy which we will get on to you'd been acting for a good few years at that point but yeah it's it's an episode here it's a short it's things it's like that been, it's been i wouldn't say an ongoing battle but it's like you've always got a next goal to yeah. achieve but yeah no i mean it has been a struggle right at the beginning I would definitely say that I remember coming from the care system when I first just started acting and um, I remember I was working I think I was working part-time but I wasn't earning enough to be able to pay for my acting CV my spotlight account on a yearly basis and so I remember I went to social services and I asked them if they was actually able to fund that for me because obviously that's the next step into me being taken seriously in my career yeah the board turned around and said no that they're not going to fund it for me because they don't class my acting career as an educational subject which then led me to be well I don't understand how you can say that if you're teaching drama in secondary school yeah. So you can't teach drama in secondary school and then later on in my years then tell me that my acting career is not an educational subject, so you're not going to fund it. Yeah. So I then thought, I'm just going to skip out the board completely, cut out the middlemen. I know that heads of the education department, because my foster carer, Valerie John, God rest her soul, she's absolutely amazing. I swear by her, she was a legend. Um, she taught me so much. But um, when I went to her and I told her that I was having troubles with the board and they wasn't willing to pay for it, she said, right, well, let's just go to the head of the education department. So we went straight to Matthew Blood and I told him my situation. And he was pretty much heartbroken at the fact that I got turned down because he couldn't understand how that happened really and truly. So he then took it upon himself to fund that for me. And every year for about five, six years, he was funding my acting CV for me on Spotlight to keep it going. And then when I got Top Boy, 
I called him and I um, said, Matthew, thank you so much for having my back for all of these years. And I told you one day you're going to get this phone call. Today's the day. I've got me from now on. Thank you for having me. You know, and he's always been so, so supportive. And now he's the head of the whole tri-borough now because yeah. Hammersmith, Fulham, Chelsea and Westminster, they're all linked up together now. I love that, the the, the okay. determination and drive there to have a hurdle put in front of you or to be directly told no by mm-hmm. the authorities and go, nah, I'm, yeah. I'm not accepting that. I don't, I don't that. like being told no, to be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> I was going to say, do, 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 do you think that comes from from your upbringing because you speak so warmly of your parents and of your 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 foster carers and things like that. do you think having kind of multiple role models i guess has 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 helped you in that way you know and and given you that inspiration to go no i don't have to just accept this um yeah there's many ways to make this path work rather than just here's the path oh there's a roadblock it's not going to work yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I remember there was a time that I was even struggling at school and I wasn't even willing to do my GCSEs. Yeah. And I completely just dropped out of school and I was like, I'm not doing it. And my foster carer said, listen, you want to be able to get somewhere in life, so you need these GCSEs. So I tell you what I'll do for you as an incentive. Every GCSE that you get, C or above, you'll get £100. Yeah. And because of the fact that I was in a provisional unit, I was only getting... I think I was only going up for four GCSEs. I couldn't go up for anything more than that because when you're in a um, provisional unit, it's different. You don't get much qualifications like that. But I ended up coming out with all four GCSEs, so that meant I got £400. So it was like she gave me an incentive to go forward because otherwise I was just like, nah, I had enough. you know. But to have somebody take their time out and be like, well, listen, I know what you need and what you want. And what direction do you want to go? So how about this? Let me put this in your way. Yeah. So you've got something to look forward to at the end of it. Yeah. You I know? And then it just like kind of put me in a direction of, well, do you know what? You just need to go and get what you want. Yeah. I love the hustle in that as well at an early age. And a lot of people don't realise that because in reality, you're studying hard is planning for your future to give you a better future to to look further ahead but what a lot of people who haven't been in those situations don't realize is that a lot of working class people aren't taught to look towards their future because mm-hmm. they have to think about the next week and the next month and the next yeah. rent bill or the next food mm-hmm. bill and things like that so to say the simple thing of right a hundred pounds per per gcc that that gives you the immediacy as well as as the long term benefits of knuckling down exactly. and and pushing through, and it yeah, mm. it feels like you've had some great people along the way to 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 help stoke that fire and that determination. I guess definitely. So you're in in your twenties, which means <laughs> the first series of Top Boy came out in like 2010. So you will have been in your teens. Were you yeah. watching it back then? Yes, I was. A later date. Yes, I was. I was well, going to the next day, screaming my head off at everyone, asking if they'd watched it or not. Amazing. So, and that yeah. was kind of b- before you started acting seriously anyway, right? So it wouldn't... Was there any thoughts, ah, oh, I'd love to be involved in that? Or was it just, this show's amazing? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah no, I always said, like, I want to be in Top Boy. Yeah. You know, watch me one day. You know, but it's like you never really think that it's going to happen, especially where it's like when you're younger, you just think, oh, yeah, they're going to continue it. So it's like by the time that I would have started acting, 
yeah. top boy would have probably finished, you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's mad how it all turned out. And again, I'm when it was announced it was coming back, were you on to your agents instantly and being like, yo, yes. what's going on? What's Because, again, my yeah. agents have to put up with so many annoying emails from me, just like, <laughs> I've heard that this show's happening just anything yeah. i need to get involved in that was that your yeah. your kind of it's back because again Definitely. it's it's, it's a I mad scenario as you said everything yeah. i was talking spotlight i was stalking there's hamilton's profile page everything i love it so, so how was it um when i had kano on he spoke of his auditions with des hamilton and i said at the time des is one of my favourite casting directors. I get on with him so well. I've not had a good audition with him. I feel I've blown every audition for some reason. I think it's because I respect him so much. And I'm how like Kano spoke of how how much Des helped him and kind of mm-hmm. put similar incentives out there. Kind of said, look, this is like uh, took him out the room and said, look, when we go in there, this is your opportunity. You know, this is this is what you need to show them. I know you can do it. Now go and do it. How was? What were your experiences first off with Des, oh, well, and then as it progressed? I've been auditioning with Des right from the beginning of my acting career. Oh, really? Right from the beginning. He's an absolute legend. He's the goat. I love him to pieces. Yeah. Uh, he's always called me back for auditions, whether or not I've got the job or not. You know, he's just been absolutely amazing. Like my top boy auditions, for example. I got a phone call from Des and he was like, Jazz, I've got this perfect job for you. I told you I've always got a job for you. And listen, it's finally dropped. You need to come down for it. I was like, all right, cool. I found out it was top way. Started going absolutely nuts. Um, but obviously couldn't tell anyone. So I'm just there bubbling up to myself, just being my agent, just screaming. But yeah, so ended up going for uh, my auditions. And then I didn't hear anything back for a little while. There was like a few weeks gap between each audition. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, maybe I haven't got it. Oh, but it's all right. It doesn't matter. It's this. He'll always call me back for something else. I got a phone call. So you're jazz. We want to see you for another one. So I was like, all right, sweet, come down. And then I got to be all four of the directors. And when Dennis walked me into the room, he was like, guys, this is my most favourite female actress of all time. And from then, I started sweating. From then, I was sweating. (laughs) I was cool. I was cool before he said that. And I started sweating. And then halfway through the audition, I think it was on a second scene, and um, he said to me, Jasmine, bust a switch. Just go completely nuts. And I was like, are you sure, though, Des? Because he knows if I go there, I can really go there. So do you want me to just stay here, here, or go all the way up there? <laughs> do you know what I mean? I wasn't sure. I just go there. So I grabbed a chair and dashed it clean across the room and just <laughs> missed his window. Just missed his window. And I thought, oh, my God, you've completely, like, gone too far now. You showed him that you're this angry person. Oh, my God, what have you done? You ain't going to get the job. I got a phone call two weeks later, you've got the job. So I was screaming my whole house down. It was the like, best day of my life, honestly. I love it. come true. I'm so worried now that we're going to... Because Kano's story was similar. He, he, he dashed some, some stuff across the desk and just, just really went for it. I'm worried now that anyone who listens to this podcast is going to get an it's audition with Des and just no, smashing his room up that. without any permission. It'll be like the most yeah, no, mellow, chilled audition. And yeah, I'll no. just start trashing Let the place. Let give you permission first and then always ask him how far you want to go. Yeah. Don't just go nuts, for real. Don't just go nuts. You might get for consent with a bill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so how was that? 
gap in between the auditions because it is a weird world in that way. You get all hyped for that audition and then you kind of have to forget about it and, and, and let it go. Because, again, you will have had ones with Des that you thought, oh, this is the one, it's going to yeah. happen, and then it doesn't. And with other people, obviously. But how was that gap? And did you kind of start to reconcile the fact that this perfect journey from fan of Top Boy to actor to actor in Top Boy out. was not going to happen? Yeah, no, I did. I did kind of think that at the time. But then at the same time, you also have to respect that sometimes the auditioning process is long. Sometimes yeah. they have quite a bit of time to be able to do all of that to make sure they've got the perfect people. So, yeah, it's just it's just a waiting game, really. You just have to respect the fact that it's a waiting game. And yeah, you win some, you lose some, you know, it is what it is. How do you find auditions in general? Because some actors love them, some hate them. I, I, because I didn't go to any kind of drama school, I love them because they feel like a workshop. They feel like I get yeah. to go and play with a character and then then let it go and move on to the next character coming. Yeah. How, do you, how have you found them? I'm exactly the same as you. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I love walking in. I mean, self-tapes is a new one for me. I'm getting used to that now. Yeah. So I don't know what it's going to be like when they're opening the spaces up to let everybody in. I'm just going to be like, oh, God, can I do a self-tape? Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah. But I, I do love going in for auditions. I love getting a feel of the space. I love being able to actually bounce off people. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm doing like my acting group, but like I never come from a drama school background or anything like that. So coming from the big house theatre company, literally all we do is bounce off with each other in improvisations and we get given like a little, I don't know, she'll give us, Maggie will, for example, give us like one word, like a, the word P. Yeah. we've then got to improvise a whole scene around the word P. And the next thing you know, we're in a, I don't know, a theme park and the word is P's and then suddenly we're hypnotised on some trance. So I don't know what's going on. It's trippy and stuff. Like, it's mad. But the energy in the room is all different. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. It it's is, crazy. It's so different between the, that and self-tapes, isn't it? Because self-tapes, <laughs> you've got to rein yourself in a little bit. Because, do you know yeah, what I mean? I, I've, 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 I've had ones before that my agent's come back and gone, you spent like five minutes talking to yourself beforehand because I, I'm used to that in the room. I like to, it's exactly as you said, I like to meet the person and get to bounce off them a bit and get their vibe and yeah. show who I am kind of thing, rather than here's the, the bit of dialogue that you've sent yeah kind of thing do you know yeah. what I mean? but it, it kind of has to be like that a little bit more yeah so no, that's why sometimes it makes it handy to have somebody filling in the other lines for you yeah 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 so then it's like i know so i know quite a few friend, uh, friends of mine um will actually record their of opposite lines themselves yeah but me personally i tend to prefer to have somebody else on the opposite side to of the camera off, filling yeah. in then yeah. i've got somebody to bounce off yeah yeah so just hearing that you've come from such an improvised background and it's 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 something that a lot of people that des casts has because he does so much Mm -hmm. street casting and new actors how are you how have you found the variation between the more improvised and you kind of take the character where you want and the more tightly scripted Mm -hmm. kind of work like how have you found the the balance Um, between them to be honest there's obviously there is a difference but I think because of the way that I work, there isn't really much of a difference. Like, I tend to have to make everything my own. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So any any piece that I'm given or anything that I'm given to improvise, I have to literally embody that and I make it my own. So I, it's, it's, a, it's a weird one, really. 
Yeah, it, yeah. it is a weird one. I mean, obviously, with improvisation, where I've done so much and I've come from an improvisation background, I kind of have the freedom of versatility now. So I can, I can take on a script and have the freedom to be able to play about with it. Or if it's like a very, very tight, tight role, then I just kind of have to like memorize that script completely yeah, get yeah, that yeah. completely memorized and then i tend to walk around the house and just do the washing up and then turn into that person and it. then i'm like a robot of that person yeah it's, it's a weird, one. Because, <laughs> it's you've a weird got a, one because you've got to make those tightly scripted lines feel as natural as the improvised lines it's yeah. got to feel like they're improvised because in real life we're not scripted it exactly. is all improvised in in reality Definitely. well so You've done this whole journey and it's felt like, you know, you've, 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 you've waited all this time to get there to Top Boy and then you're finally on set. What was the kind of split between excitement and nerves? Because, again, regardless of it all, you're still, you're there now and you're on set yeah. and it's this thing that you watched when you were this young and at school and now you're, you're there amongst everyone. Yeah, I think my first day on set, at first, when I got out of my car, I was bricking it. I was literally yeah. bricking it. But then at the same time, I kind of eased myself because obviously it's nerves, like, of excitement, but then it's also like, oh, my God, I'm actually here. Like, am, am I good enough? Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, but then it's like, if I wasn't there, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. they take me on because I'm perfect for that role. You're there so for a reason, yeah. It makes yeah, I'm there for a reason. So just stop being stupid. Let that go out your mind and just crack on with what you're good at. You know, this is what you're here to do, you know. And, Not and often he, that everybody gets to live their dreams. Yeah. And the next thing you know, I turn around and my best friend was standing right there because I've got oh, to really? work with my friend, Joshua Blissett, who's also from the same acting group as me, that was playing my oh, right wow. hand. Oh, so That's perfect then, right? Yeah, I love that. And, again, you couldn't be more accurate there, particularly top boy of all shows is that show that everyone who watches it whether they've got any acting experience or not is thinking i could do that i could that's yeah. me up there i want to be in that so <laughs> you you've got to realize that you are there and there's a reason yeah. that you're there they as I said they could have had anyone from thousands of people who would have been like yeah. i'll be in that exactly. but you you're there for a reason because you've you've proved that so Another thing that's great about it as a show and as a cast is it does have a beautiful mix of experienced actors in mm-hmm. like Ashley Waters and Bashy um, and Joseph Outing and people like that and and Rora Nua, a, a talent yeah. like Michael Wald, like Sims yeah. and, and Kano even you know yeah. he's he's very much I think Kano has been a standout in Top Boy from day one but. He's continued doing his music, so it's not like he's done this 10 years of constant acting, he's now experienced. It's still, speaking to him even, there's still that imposter syndrome and knowing that it's like, you know, can I deliver this? So was that comforting to have people, almost that there'll be some people there who are you two years ago and there'll be some people there that are you in 10 years, like experience-wise and background-wise? Did that help? And, and, yeah, and no, definitely. I mean, like coming from the background that I come from, like I know that with being in the big house theatre company, now that it's like I've done my course and I'm now a professional actor, I'm an experienced actor now. Like I remember when I went back and I was actually mentoring some of the young people there, their acting skills completely jumped up a notch. 
yeah. once I was working with them. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? So then it's like when I've gone on to working with Top Boy now, working alongside Ashley Waters and Kano and Bashi and show like our acting skills jumped up a notch. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, you're working yeah, yeah. with people that are on this level. So you've got to be on this level because we all have to match, you yeah. know? So yeah, no, it was a whole different experience. And working alongside Kano and Ashley, I mean, uh, who couldn't ask for a better combo? Do you know what I mean? They're so on point. They know how to get down to work, have a little bit of fun with it, but be professional at all times and be unapologetic with it at the same time. Yeah. And yeah, I'm with that 100%. I love that. Has there been any kind of defensiveness at points when you've you started to get that exposure in Top Boy? Because I, I remember talking to Stephen Graham on here, and he did. Oh, this is England, obviously, and so much again. Also cast by Des Hamilton, and so many yeah. of the cast are street cast. But Stevie yeah. had been doing it a while, and he'd done like theatre schools and things like that Mm -hmm. again very much working class very off his own back but he suddenly found all the interviews and all the press were kind of thinking he's been plucked off the street and he wanted to kind of stand and go I've been doing my work I've been doing this for a minute and it's a similar thing with you because it was the first one that really threw you into the forefront it's easy for people to not realize that you've put in that work you've got that history of 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 theatre of 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 all of that, of of multiple castings uh, with people like Des. So, yeah. yeah. Did it you have been, any of that? It's been, it's been a bit 50-50, to be honest. It's yeah. definitely been a bit 50-50. I've had um, a few people that's like, oh, my gosh, yeah, you're in, you've been amazing in Top Boy. So, like, yeah, so is that, like, your first job? What's your yeah. next step? And I'm like, you no, keep I've been doing this since, like, 2013, <laughs> my bitches. Like, yeah. I've been in this game for a long time. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, I always say to people, like, at the end of the day, like, so everybody's going to have their big break. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it depends on when their big break was. My break could have been when I got down for the bottom two for Star Wars or X-Men, you know, that was at my time. It, yeah. My foster care passed away. There was a lot of things that was going on. I was still kind of learning how to be a professional actor as well. There was a lot of things that I needed to learn within the with my career and my industry. Do you know what I mean? So it just was at my time. Now... Was a perf- then was a perfect time for me. I was ready. Top Boy yeah. came and that was a perfect role for me. And, yeah, we're here now. It's, it's, it's such an important thing to let actors know that it is all about the right time and it, and it will come. If, you, if, if you're in this for the long game, it will mm-hmm. come and it will be right. There's so many things that, like, have been a job I've got that has been like, that's, that's life-changing. But then you realise, well, there were two jobs before that that I didn't get. That if I had got, I wouldn't have been able to get this one. If you know what I mean, exactly. it's that kind of. Exactly. If any of those ones that you thought were your big break in the year or two before Top Boy had come through, you probably wouldn't have been available to do Top Boy and have that yeah. kind of experience and that that perfect fit, I guess. Definitely, definitely. It's, it's a fascinating one. Um, well, I mean, speaking of timing, we touched upon lockdown at the start. Mm. How's it been, man? Because. To, to to feel like you've been doing this since 2013 and then suddenly you've got that heat, you've got that momentum, you're you're nominated and then the whole industry closes down. You work yeah. so hard to get that speed up and then someone pulls all the tracks away and goes, no, we're <laughs> going to come back to you, but how is that? Yeah. Um, I mean, you just got to take it on the chin, really. Do you know yeah. what I mean? 
it's it's one of them things. It's 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 out of our control. So it's like if it was in our control, I think I'd be able to have a reason to go nuts, you know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. There's, there's nothing there's nothing that we can do about it. So yeah, you just got to kind of take take it on the chin and just know that it's going to be the first of many. This is the first of many award ceremonies that I'm going to be going for. Yeah. So we we'll just have to see. You never know what the future holds. So. I I love it. Um, you touched upon working with Ashley and and and, and Kano. Who've been your influences over the years? Like either people you've worked with or just been inspired by on screen. Who have you seen? Um, That's what I want to well, be. That's... Definitely Letitia Wright. Yeah, yeah. Letitia Wright, definitely. She's absolutely beautiful. Um, and time after time, just absolutely amazing oh. performances in in really varied roles as well. It is such a definitely. cliche in the past of black roles in cinema being yeah. very similar. And being here, yeah. you're going to play this character again and again and again. And Letitia Wright is one that's kind of gone, nah, I ain't, yeah. I ain't the typical, she's, I ain't playing your typical. She's a game changer. She's yeah. a game changer. She's definitely somebody that I believe that um, young black females should look up to mm-hmm. as an influence, definitely. Let's just say top way today, Wakanda tomorrow. That's a perfect example, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Obviously, Santan, Dave and Drake, that goes yeah. about saying they're all goats themselves. Yeah. But yeah, no, I just say all of my people, all of my colleagues, you know, anybody that is pursuing their career and pushing hard, they're always going to be an inspiration to me because yeah. that everybody's going to have a different trait in them that's going to make them different from everybody else. And that's yeah, something yeah, yeah. that always inspires me to be different from everybody else. So yeah, and every, every performer is an inspiration for me. And and again, to find the ones that you've worked with and the ones that you haven't worked with to get that inspiration. And, and, and Dave is one that jumped out as well because, again, it's there's so many roles that it's so easy to play the generic and typical route mm-hmm. of that role. And he just completely, complete opposite, yeah. jump off the screen and you're like, wow, what's... Yeah, who, I think him and Blakey Blake. Him that? and Blakey Blakes. Yeah. Blakey Blakes, definitely them two were the best villains yeah. in my eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were yeah. my favourite villains, the two of them. They were just completely different from each yeah. other. Yeah. You know, and they all, yeah amazing i love it so we're at a time now where it feels like there's a lot of change going on in the industry with regards to representation for women and representation for people of 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 a variety of races Mm -hmm. how have you found that in your experience so far and how have you found it kind of changing and and looking towards the future i guess um to be honest, I mean, me personally, um, I wouldn't say I've had an experience, yeah. um, so to speak. But obviously, I have seen and heard what's been going on. I mean, one thing I can say is I'm seeing a lot of diversity happen now. It's nice to see everything changing. I mean, it has been a waiting game, but it is nice to see that things are starting to progress and look forward. I just hope that it happens sooner rather than later completely, you know, but we are starting to see it. Obviously myself and Michael Ward have been put up for awards, you know, so we are seeing it, you know, top boy, there's been a lot of projects that have been going up for awards, you know, may I destroy you. Um, It's just amazing. amazing, You know, and may I give that a shout out as well. May I destroy you is absolutely amazing. And I think it touches on so many important subjects that are just so taboo to be discussed right now. I just think that it's amazing. Is is is, is shows like that exciting and inspirational because they're 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 largely black cast, but it's not 
your typical black TV show in the UK. Like for many years, I had Riz Ahmed on, on the podcast five, six years ago, and he spoke about the reason he went to work in America was in the UK that either want him to play a hood kid or a terrorist, and mm-hmm. that was it. There was no other yep. roles he was getting offered, whereas in America yep. he was getting more variation. And may I destroy you just... I had, I had, I had Papa S.A. Adu on, on the podcast, and his character in that is such a powerful character mm-hmm. that we don't see much of the British exactly. gay black man. Um, mm-hmm. And then all the variation. And Michaela's writing and her unflinching approach to subjects is... She's amazing. It's just amazing. And it's the really exciting thing. I saw the first half of the series on as previews, and the really exciting thing has been seeing the excitement in reaction to it. Because mm-hmm. it feels like in the past there's been great shows that aren't the typical norm that then get ignored so this is not only a boundary pushing piece it's also getting the praise and and excitement it deserves so that must be inspirational for for looking ahead put together yeah she's very very smart it was very very carefully carefully put together and very very carefully written and that's when you're dealing with subjects like that and also this is where i have to give a shout out to ronan bennett for writing top boy because when it comes down to writing things like this with taboo subjects you do have to be very very careful about how you write it because there's there could be a different message that somebody could get from what you're trying to show so yeah shout out to everybody they've done so so well michael ward had had the same again in blue story as well where it, it 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 because of some of the reactions at the time it got written off as this gang promoting positive thing and all this yeah. coming and it's not it's a it's, it's taking on those subjects the same with top boy it's not glorifying anything there's some brutally unglorified scenes mm-hmm. in it but it's telling the truths and it's not and not shying away from them yeah, yeah it's it's, it's the truth of what people try to sweep under the carpet and you know i think it's a matter of not letting anybody sugarcoat what's going on out there anymore yeah. you know it's not about sugarcoating it anymore so yeah yeah uh, i may destroy you is is a perfect example of addressing these subjects unflinchingly and and and, yeah. and not again the, the example i always give is back in the day boys in the hood a menace to, to, to society boys in the hood yeah. felt like it was we need to get this it's a it's a classic a stone cold classic but it felt like it was we need to get this past the white audience we yeah. need to have the redemption, we need to have the positive thing. And Menace was more, no, we need to just tell the truth. And exactly. we're not glorifying anything. It's brutal and ugly, but we don't have to polish it and sugarcoat it because the white exactly. audience feel uncomfortable. It's mm-hmm. like, this is our day-to-day lives. This is, exactly. if you feel uncomfortable, then that's not that's not really on us. Um, exactly. So have you found the exposure that's, that's come from Top Boy? It's, it's something I've seen... I think you've been using it amazingly on, on social media. Like in the last a, a week or so, you did a post about about psoriasis and, and body shaming and opening up. It was open, it was educational. Has that been a conscious thing that you're like, right, I'm getting some eyes on me now. I need to be yeah. careful of how I... Mean, I don't get me wrong, obviously, I've had psoriasis since I was 16. Yeah. So when I first got psoriasis, I was automatically body conscious you know and I was always like oh my god I don't want to show my legs I don't and I used to wear long sleeves because I don't want nobody to look at my arms after a while it just got to a point where hold on I've never been 
worried or body conscious or anything like that. So suddenly now I've got these beautiful little imperfections on me. Why am I going to be feeling a way about it? It's my body. Do you know what I mean? It's not like it's contagious. It's hereditary. It runs in my family. It's on both sides of my family. It's really not that deep. Do you know what I mean? You know, it it will go when it chooses to go. You know, this is yeah. this is my skin. It comes and it goes. I've suffered with psoriasis. I mean, eczema since I was a little girl, you know, that disappeared in its own time. As I got older, I got psoriasis. It's, it's really not that deep. But obviously since um, me doing Top Boy, um, obviously it's not like it's hidden or anything. People was able to see my little, my little spots. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I did get a few comments and, um, it was something that I was going to address anyway, but I just kept on putting it off. And I was like, you know what? It's, it's not the time. There's no point in it. It's not that deep. I'm not fast. But obviously the more comments I started to get, not like it knocked my confidence, but it did kind of put my back up a little bit. Yeah. In a sense where you obviously don't know what this is. And maybe I need to educate you because it's a very, very common disorder. And a lot of people have this condition. So maybe I just need to fill everybody in on what it is and yeah. show you guys a little stage of what I was going through. So at least then you can see the progression and how bad it can also get. Yeah. You know, you know, you never know what other people are going through. And then also I want other people to know that if I'm comfortable in my own skin, psoriasis, warts and all, whatever, do you know what I mean? It don't really matter. You know, why can't you be? Yeah, yeah. You know, if I'm willing to put that out there in front of all of my following and let everybody know, then why can't you be? Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it's, it's just a very clean cut message. Let everybody know, listen, I'm comfortable in my skin. You need to be too, you know. And that. if you don't know about psoriasis, then go and educate because before you think about putting some of these horrible comments on um, people's posts, you don't know how hard some, pe- some people's skin are. You yeah. know, like, obviously, I've got hard skin. I'm all right. I'm, t- I'm a tough cookie, but... Yeah. What if I wasn't? You know, equally, you never know what could be going on in my mind. And that's it. Equally, it's 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 easy to tell yourself that it's not going to affect you, but every now and then that comment will come through, and it will mm-hmm. play on your mind, and you can't control that. Like there'll be certain days that it'll be like, ah, fuck that guy, and just water off a duck's back. And certain days it'll exactly. kind of it'll stick there and niggle. So yeah, I, as I said, it was it was great to to see that and yeah have you found yourself again particularly at the moment with all that's been going on with black lives matter and all that kind mm-hmm. of thing everyone i've spoken to all my friends who 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 are black have felt a mixture of pressure and and passion so yeah. so what so you know is it's if you've got any kind of platform Mm-hmm. it suddenly becomes your responsibility almost to speak on these things. Yeah. And I know you did, you posted about some protests and, and stuff like that, but yeah. it felt like an individual choice rather than a, yeah, what no, do I've I have to do said, as, a, as, a, as a as a representative? Yeah, no, I've always said with um, the Black Lives Matter subject, of course, it's important to me. That goes yeah. without saying. But I'm not going to allow people to pressure me into whether or not I have to say something with, do you know what I mean? I'm not going to have somebody tell me that I can't say anything. You know, I'm going to do my own thing in my own time, in my own way. And that's something that I've always said, and that's exactly what I did. And everybody that's in my team have been behind me and supported me all the way. And that's all I can ask for. Yeah. I love that. Um, Another thing that comes to mind, your, again, your upbringing of, of, 
of having varied family lives kind of thing over the years, it, it occurred to me it kind of sets you up almost perfectly for a career in acting because that's <laughs> what it can be like. You'll have these s- s- four months, three months, s- six yeah. months or whatever where this is your family and then you're all off on something else. How was that on Top Boy? Because Top Boy feels like one where it feels like a proper family. It feels like yeah. it's not just here's my workmates and then I'm off back not, to my hotel room or whatever. Not at all. How was We're, that and how's and what's st- stuck after that kind of thing? Um, do you know what? I think when we all did the read-through, yeah. the first ever read-through, um, and we all got together and sat around this big, big table straight away after that we all just started talking because we all knew whose character was who so we all just huddled together we all started chatting some of us already knew each other from previous like jobs or just from the industry world so we all just clicked and yeah we're, we're family now man honestly like regardless like even if I don't know, we didn't talk to each other for like six months or something like that. Nothing would change between us. Yeah. Nothing would change between us, you know, no matter what. We could be halfway across the world doing some big, big Hollywood job and we would still find a way to check in with each other. I love that. I love that. Um, so when I had I had Ashley, Ashley Waters on, it was at the point where he was saying... He wants to do more Top Boy. It's down yeah. to what to what people say and what the demand is, and it's looking like there is going to be right. Isn't it? Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. There seems to be a lot of demand, and it seems to be Netflix are, are reacting to that. So does that kind of? I always end the kind of discussions with what's ahead, but it's really mm-hmm. tough with actors because there's normally projects you can't talk about, a project you can talk yeah. about. So I guess a double. What's ahead? And number one of what do you know is ahead? And number two, like, what's your hopes of what's ahead? Well, I hope that there's there's a lot ahead. Obviously, there's I can't talk about anything right now. Yeah, um, yeah. But there, there is quite a few things in the pipeline for me at the moment. Yeah. Um, so fingers crossed, everything all works out. But yeah, it's just a waiting game now, really and truly, yeah. literally. Do you think award nominations? Obviously, that's not what people do the job for, but it adds some weight, right? It adds some credibility, again, particularly from shows like Top Boy, where, as you said, people are, like, thinking it's your first role, asking if you're going to keep acting and that kind of thing. Do you yeah. think award nominations make people go, all right, no, this is this is legit. You know it's legit, yeah. but it lets others know it's legit. Therefore, open up the door, potentially, for more projects and more roles. Yeah. And- yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Because obviously, as much as like Top Weight is international, yeah. you know, we're worldwide with that, yeah. you know, but doesn't mean that everybody is seeing it, you know. So obviously, being nominated for a BAFTA is amazing. That means that I've had some serious, serious top dogs yeah. in the industry recognize my craft. Yeah. But then when, when you do get nominated for these awards and things like that, that then when other top, top people see that, then they're like, oh wow, okay. So then let's let's look into this. Let's look into this person, you know. So that yeah. it's just like another little person you've reached out to, you know. Yeah. It's it's different. I, it's l- nice. I love it. I love it. And again, it's being alongside some of those other people who, again, I, I rate everyone in your in your category. I think all of their performances in what they're in have been oh, absolutely amazing. So it's amazing. just because again, it's so regular. I kind of touched upon it with I May Destroy You. It's so regular that things like Top Boy are written off as, oh, that's for them. 
That's for mm-hmm. the working class kids. That's for these, rather than give it the credit it deserves as amazing storytelling, amazing acting, amazing character work. Yeah. So it makes that difference, as you say, to be alongside these people and makes certain areas of the industry go, all right, maybe I need to give that more of a more of my attention. Yeah. More of a look. <laughs> so, yeah, it's exciting times. Um, thank you v- very much for your time. It's been an absolute oh, pleasure. I'll, I'll let you get back to to this weird lockdown yes. limbo that we're in where we don't really know w- what we're meant to be doing. But, um, yeah, Are you, do you... Have you got any aspirations to write or create any of your own own works at all? Because, again, oh, lockdown has been it. key for a lot of actors in that way to go, all right, well, let's start on these projects I want to develop. Uh, well, as for me with projects that I want to develop, that's going to be in the pipeline for a few years. Yeah, a few yeah. years, yeah. Um, I've got quite a bit that I want to do, but I'm not going to speak about anything. No, that's good. You've got <laughs> I'm going to keep it. all of that under wraps for real, because when it drops, it's going to be unreal. Exactly, when as I we said earlier, talk. it's it's all about the right time, right? It's yeah, all about yeah. the right time for all these things. Well, as I said, th- thank you very much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. Um, there's a hell of a trifecta now with Kano and Ashley Waters and now Jasmine. I still need to get Bashy on. Um, I'll make it happen, actually. I'll do it over Zoom because I've been holding off because I wanted to see him in face-to-face because we worked on a film together a while back and it'd be good to just have a catch-up. But but now I'm I'm saying it out loud here, I'll reach out and I'll organise something over over zoom because it'd be dope to catch up with bashy he's 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 great but yeah that was jasmine um what a story and what a wonderful woman i think her 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 attitude and outlook is great i've said a million times that i i learn more from these podcasts and get more from these podcasts than any of the listeners do and it's just proven again that just that gave me so much inspiration and food for thought and everything else I'm recording like crazy at the moment, so there's going to be great podcasts continuing every week. So yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to give you any spoilers, but I've been I've been at it. Tune in next week on the Distraction Pieces podcast. Ta-ta!